0: Another episode of The Momos and The Oppos, a podcast discussing the Avatar universe as folklore episode by episode. We're your hosts, Eric Lefebri,
1: Dr. Amber Jones,
2: and Jessica Tercero.
1: We're continuing our journey through Avatar The Last Airbender with Book 1, Water, and we have landed on Chapter 6, Imprisoned.
2: In this chapter, Katara befriends an earthbender, Haru, and encourages him to use earthbending, which lands him imprisoned. Katara to the rescue.
0: Yup. Bum, bum, so. bum. Bump, bump. What was your
2: uh, your other title for this, Amber? I feel uh, like this is my, a good place to insert that just right off the My alternative
1: title for this was Car- <laughs> Katara gets a bad case of white savior syndrome but it works out <laughs> it does it, it works out and honestly i think it ends up being very complex um because you know me like i'm watching it and i'm like just because it's my favorite character doesn't mean that i could do this kind of shit because i don't but yeah. what does it really make me feel about her um Anyway, let's dive in.
0: Let's dive in. Well, this is the perfect place to start, honestly, because we can talk about the complexity of character. We've said nothing but positive things about Katara thus far. Nothing but positive things. But if we understand the complexities and the nuance of character and people as individuals, we can spend some time with a young Katara who, as strong, insightful, and as empowered as she
1: is. And right she may be.
0: And right she may be, there is a bit of a messiness with this <laughs> this episode with her. Just in, in that context of, like, the savior complex that she has. I mean, even
2: right off the bat, right? Because she shows up to this town, has no context for what's happening, None. but immediately is, like told hey we're not allowed to earthbend here and she's like but what do you mean if i couldn't earthbend then i don't know what i would do right (laughs) and she like she does have that like very like but oh my gosh this is a way of life and you have to be allowed to do this and she doesn't really take into account that like i mean she sees that like the terror and like of um Uh, haru's mom of kind of the townsfolk right and she sees the fire nation come in and be big old bullies and everything but still she's like i mean it was the right thing to do to like hey earth bend this like make sure this guy is like okay when the mine falls on this dude right yeah absolutely but doesn't have a conversation doesn't even think to like talk to the guy afterwards and be like hey, are you okay? Like, what's going on? Like, (laughs) please don't say anything. And he immediately rats them out because the whole, like, I mean, the Fire Nation absolutely broke this town. And that's apparent from that moment. And then also when we go to the prison, right, where Mm. literally they are, uh, Katara is trying to, like, rile them up. They have, like, the Mm. coal in front of them at the one point, and there's still that hesitation of, I can save myself, but can I? Like they, they are yes. fucking broken. But she doesn't understand or recognize that because she is so full of optimism and hope to her detriment in this. And I think yeah. it's really interesting that before we've seen that really work for her. And it works. Mm-hmm. It works in the end for this. But like, but she needs but, to like slow her role sometimes and really take into oh, context yeah. like what's <laughs> happening and like the dynamics of like these places that you know i mean what's going to happen when everybody leaves <laughs> you know when that
0: <laughs> it's it's that same sort of like youthful optimism yes. that like a lot of young well meaning folks sort of dawn on themselves when it comes to like anti racist action or like anything that has to do with like inequity or inequality where it's like well oh, I could just do this and then whatever. It's like, I mean, oftentimes it's like literally not even close to your place to assert yourself or insert yourself in the situation of a lot of these things because of the lack of perspective and the lack of understanding of the nuance or the scenario as it is. And it's such a clear, like obviously well-meaning obviously she wants to do the right thing she's like i can't believe yeah. that you're not living the life that i am and that's unfair <laughs> let me get you thrown in jail <laughs> just because i think that that's wrong and it's yeah i mean at again at the end of the you day you shouldn't care about out. jail
1: i don't care about jail literally li- like why like to you. who cares it you to didn't me. mention that you have a flying fucking bison of course you don't care about an inescapable yeah. jail because you can escape you yeah. escape. Which, exactly.
0: which is a big conversation about privilege, right? Yeah. Like where she's going into this space with not a care in the world because she knows, Oh, well it's never affected me. Why would it affect you? But like that complete lack of empathy. Yes. Just com- like washed over with this sense of like, superiority just in terms of like I can help you it's like well you can't so yeah please get away from me
2: the idea (laughs) that she can't be friends with everybody or that not everybody immediately likes her because she sees this person bending and she's like oh cool you bend I bend let's be friends and the person is like Like Haru is just like, oh shit, Shit. and fucking runs. And what's her instinct? To chase him down and be like, no, 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 I'm okay. I'm okay, let's be friends. No, no, no. no." Like, (laughs) I have to be friends with you. It's not like, oh, maybe I shouldn't be here, or maybe this isn't. And even when she comes up to him, he's like, no. Like, and she's just still trying to force herself on him. like in in or like her friendship on him because... And her
1: ideas on him.
2: Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) And without even stopping to consider... Uh, consider him and his feelings or again like the context of the situation the
1: real things that he has said like no the consequences for this are they took my dad away years ago Mm -hmm. the consequences are people freaking disappear out of their beds at night Mm -hmm. you are not listening yeah like The fact that, like, she went from that, then, like, were they like staying in their home or something, or they had a meal with these people. And then she, like, immediately gets her son arrested and sent to jail, which is that woman's worst nightmare the nightmare she's been living with for years, ever since losing her husband. And I'm just like, Katara, I would beat the shit out of you. yeah I, it's it is
0: it is the strangest I mean I feel like there is a level of it in the story where it is nice to see somebody who is so like wonderful you seeing them just like in a different perspective where it's yeah. like yes they are flawed yes, there is a lack of cognizance here there yeah. is a there is sort of an inept characteristic mm-hmm. that we didn't see before but it is definitely hard to watch her be this young. <laughs> optimist yeah, in these impossible situations with zero risk- regard for the well-being of others. And yeah, even...
1: just risking a whole family.
0: <laughs> She's like, I'm gambling everything. I don't care She's because like, whatever. Those what guys about the sake of mean. goodness? Yeah, they were mean.
2: And even like Aang and Sokka are like, I don't <laughs> think that this we could do this. Like both of them, even like Aang as the avatar is like, I guess you're right. I guess we have to help now. But like I don't I don't know and like in that she's still like no we're gonna do this we, we we've got this but like again it's it's not their place and like Aang recognizes that she's overstepping where like she's overstepping in every in every single way but I also feel like that they like that was such a small part of this that like this is like framing Katara like the episode frames Katara as in the right like she like so it's not really question is just kind of like okay yeah she goes and like she literally starts the rebellion and the avatar doesn't do anything and she's the reason why all of these people are freed and they owe everything to her like you know what i mean like it it kind of you know that new uh hairspray the tracy turnblad like i mean the uh white savior or uh where it's like oh yeah oh, but you're oppressed i like look at it, it's so easy to be to be white or to be this, you know? And like, look at
1: Just dance with me.
2: Have you ever thought, have you thought about marching? Have you thought about demanding your rights? (laughs) Oh my gosh, no, I haven't. Tell me more, queen. Like,
1: how does that work?
2: So like, so like in that same way where in that narrative, like, you know, uh, this white woman is like leading this rebellion of this entire people and their salvation and saving them. Katara is doing that here. And it seems... It's not questioned within the narrative except subtly by Aang. And even that is kind of like not a bigger conversation like it should be, I think.
1: Yeah, I was thinking the same exact thing that if there was anyone who could have actually stopped her from doing these horrendous things it should have been Aang but at this point Aang is not taking on all of that responsibility he's like still letting himself be a kid and maybe this is a really good example because I feel like Aang later on thinking back on this would probably be disgusted with what how they handled it um, oh, absolutely! because Aang is very quick to like correct anyone who tries appropriating his culture Mm -hmm. or anything like that and so he really needed to be the one to be like no Katara this is wrong Mm -hmm. you can't just play with their lives like this you know like we're not staying here at no point did we decide to stay here um and I think that's something Katara continues to struggle with Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think that maybe this experience she got like a little a little humil- humility just because like there were people just mocking her often in this episode um, and I'm just like oh you super deserve that Katara <laughs> yeah I mean, you, you really deserve it man
2: <laughs> I feel like there were those moments but I feel like they would have mm. followed through on the whole thing. And instead of like having that big Katara, you mm. saved our whole village. We are going to start I know. this rebellion. Yeah. I feel like if they any just left that any criticism off. that they had of her beforehand was framed as like a loss of hope and not like yeah. a you fool. Like, how dare you?
0: Yeah. It isn't un- it is unfortunate. Like you're saying, like it, it really is just from a narrative perspective and a writing perspective, framed as a good thing ultimately that she did these these things when yeah. in fact it's like you're lucky that there is a level of it worked out, but realistically you're gambling with the livelihood of an entire village. Yeah. Specifically the livelihood of people who've already been through horrendous trauma. Not even just in specific situations, but on a daily basis yeah. because of the occupation of the Fire Nation. So like a lot of a lot of the severity of the humanity and like the empathy kind of just gets completely swept under the rug for the sake of narrative mm. for this episode and um like, especially with the happy ending She so- end. literally
2: gets up on her soapbox in the prison and says like <laughs> like she admits that she doesn't like okay we grew up with tales of how strong earthbenders are. Courage runs deeper than anything. Your strength is your heart and blah, blah, blah. Right. Where she's saying, admitting that she does not know earthbenders. She has never met one, but there are these stories. There's these stories about how cool they are and how great they are and their courage. Right. And she sounds, she sounds foolish. And then when like, you know, that's how she's treated. But like, Looking at the words that she says and like kind of like reflecting on that, like how fucking foolish she's just saying, like, "Oh, look, I don't know you people, but I heard things like from my grandma. <laughs> Y'all are supposed and to be did cool." Did you know
1: <laughs> the Avatar is back?
2: Like, oh my god, here's this great news, you guys. It's like, okay, you, you might can have fight back.
1: been suffering, but that's like gonna end really soon because like the Avatar's back. So like you should yeah. be happy.
2: And I think it's, it's also like- important <laughs> that Ang. <laughs> Aang never once reveals himself as the avatar in this. Never once. Oh, he doesn't! Because he's like, I'm not taking part in this. Like, I don't want my name attached to any of this shit. This is not an official avatar. (laughs) (laughs) Rescue, (laughs) we are not restoring
1: balance here.
0: Yeah. This is messy, and I'm not going to be a part of
1: it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Uh... (laughs) (laughs) yeah and it's just and I think about like you know this whole podcast is about the impact these stories had on us in like every single way and I want to scream thinking about like the white girls that are like I am just like Katara and I will find suffering people and I will tell them bedtime stories about themselves and i'm gonna help them find their courage clearly they've just lost their courage i can help them with that
2: And like, literally, that's where this episode just needed to be critical and like change the narrative, change how she was responded to change all of that. that, So those there was room for it. There was there was room for it. With
0: his with his dad, specifically like the prison. If he if he if he were to just sit sit down for like like 25 seconds of dialogue to be like, I know what you're doing and how it feels good. Please consider these things. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, like, can, will you consider us and these I these do. things and your action in it? Yeah, like, that's it. Like, and
1: just like or Ant even was... at the end. I'm so sorry. No, uh, no, I'll get it out. Don't forget what you're saying. <laughs> 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 even at the end, like, so they did all the stuff and like it was like, yay, we triumphed Who would have thought that was gonna happen? Like um like she pretends to be a little humble she was like i don't know if i did that much but then they had this grown ass man who had just met this crazy little girl who just decided (laughs) to have a weekend on a prison boat had him be like no katara this is all because of you and i'm just like you assholes like I love the character of Haru's dad so fucking much he's a real badass and then you had him be like thank you little girl you taught me a (laughs) lesson (laughs) (laughs) like he could have been like you know what we needed the spark and thank you but now we're our destiny is in our own hands or they could have cleaned it up
2: they could have done so and again because ang was also like i'm not about this i'm not sure i we're already in yeah. it so i have he to do barely something have to help they could have changed this and maybe haru was terrified but maybe he asked for help maybe he led that maybe he did something, something. right and katara was a uh yeah maybe he already support. wanted
1: to do something instead of her pestering him yes <laughs> like but don't you love earthbending, can't you just not live without it?
2: Yeah, fucking dumb. <laughs> <laughs> well, silly. This
1: is like, what are you talking about? It's like not yeah. breathing.
2: It, seriously. <laughs> and, and then that is also such, that's also such a fucking, like, slide, or such a fucking insult to anybody that isn't an earthbender or a- isn't a bender in general so it's like oh so what the fuck am i like the last episode we talked about omashu like looked like it was uh like just you know carved out of the mountains but also there was yeah. the details about the brick showing that like you know even though like the earthbenders clearly crafted a lot of this there was also like the, the yeah. non-benders <laughs> that were helping and a part of this right and in this one it's just like she's like but if you can't bend, you're nothing. Like, what do you what are you if you can't bend? Oh my god, and I'm like yeah. in, front this... in, front in front of her brother. In front of her brother. This is why oh. that first season of uh uh Korra, I was like fucking down for that villain. I was I fucking was. down. Bender yeah. supremacy. Let's have this conversation. Yeah. I'm here this for it.
1: Whole conversation about Katara does just completely foreshadow Korra. Who's like bending's the best thing in the world what are you talking about and it's just like yeah i would have smacked you off that fucking apple (laughs) crate too yeah like what are you doing and so maybe it was a really important lesson for katara um you know she's i think every once in a while a little bad will kind of sneaks out with katara yeah um and it's just it's it's interesting because she tries to cover it because she's a goodwill person. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're like, no, that was bad will right there. That was some selfishness, that was some self centeredness, self importance, like there's and and that was all you, Katara. Like no one made you do it, that. Mm-hmm. It it does feel like in, in the way
0: that oftentimes niceness doesn't, it's not like niceness isn't really nourishing. Mm-hmm. It's just like, it just, it, it maintains sort of like complacency or yeah. like status quo in that mm. way. I do think that this is one of those instances with her where like a lot of people have these, com- like the complexities and like we make mm-hmm. mistakes and like our judgment sometimes is clouded. Yeah. But like possibly the savior complex is coming from that or oh, i don't i don't really even know what i'm saying i'm just talking i'm actually going to take that back because i really lost my train of thought <laughs> um, um but was i, I was about
1: following that? I that like there's still a part of her that wants more importance mm-hmm. like yeah she's yeah. on this like yeah one in the world trip with the avatar and they're facing all of this um danger that they don't even fully understand right now like Sokka hasn't even really like said much in like the last two episodes yeah um because it's just like all they're focused on is like oh we're going north so we're in general going in that direction (laughs) Yeah. Um. So I think that that does leave room for them, maybe even just like out of anxiety, be like, okay, um, why don't we start right now? Why don't we start freeing some people?
2: <laughs> I think yeah. part of this was a little yeah. bit personal for her, like not to, mm. absolutely not to give her an excuse for her actions, but, um, when she connects, when you know she forces Haru to like accept her friendship and stuff, and he talks mm. to her about. Being, uh, being a bender, and that the o- that's like bending is the only way he can feel feel close to his dad, right? And uh-huh. she, you know, is talking about her mom. This is the first time we get the context for the necklace that she wears, right? Mm-hmm. So she sees. I think this is her, a lot of her projecting her own wishes onto Haru because mm-hmm. his dad is still alive. His dad is still there. The Fire Nation took him yeah. and he's alive. He's he's somewhere he out there. didn't have a choice. But she will never get that opportunity. So she is trying to force her emotions and her like manifest what she wishes that she could have and give mm. that to somebody without even really asking if they want that or if this is going to be okay or like making them like she's just I think it's more personal to her in that sort of way in that sort of context um especially once she sees that her actions are actually even worse than she thinks they are but um but yeah so Um, I think that's that's why she takes up that mantle which again was not her mantle to take yeah it wasn't, and that's why projecting um, is so hard and such a so bad and you need to like you no uh we we should all re- try to really hard to recognize that within ourselves yeah because that like it like you can create context in your mind that isn't even mm-hmm. there and make things worse for somebody and um you know, and just really change um distort your perception of reality, and I think that she absolutely did this in in this moment,
1: yes I love that explanation. Um, I was also thinking, so one of my biggest pet peeves with the entire series is, um, but I also get that it's a joke. Um, So in the episode, the Ember Island players, when they're like the little bit of their adventures that they show, they only show Katara giving like these big flowery emotional speeches and crying and stuff mm-hmm. and I always thought like uh some man wrote this and they totally didn't interview anyone who saw Qatar kick their asses <laughs> um but then when I was watching this episode I was like you know what um so you know that the the playwright traveled all over the world to get the stories i was like i bet he went to this village and they were like oh yeah they <laughs> came through here uh katara was whining and like crying or something about our lies, but she didn't really even know us and we're like who's this little girl
2: Incredible!
1: <laughs> incredible i feel like that had to be the source material For the Ember Island players. They had to have gone here.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Incredible. Yes.
0: (laughs) I realized, Jess, that what you had said about that explanation of like projected trauma Uh was sort of the point that I was trying to make, but I really lost like my way on it. Not to be like, yeah, what you said, I'm going to take credit for that. No, I like in my head, I was like, how do I like because it really did feel like a personal thing and she was like wanting to be nice or like project this level of will y- the same thing happened to me i'm just like you and i know everything mm. about the situation when it's like not the case at all yeah i mean was, we're yeah.
2: collective we get there all together and i feel yeah. like some i feel like some of the best um ideas that i don't know i personally have and i'm proud of on this pod is like when it's like, oh, you said that, and that made me think of this thing. Holy shit! And it yeah. uh, absolutely is not in my notes. It, I they did not spark. have a thought about Ooh. it before any of this. So <laughs> something you led, probably, or you said, probably Boom. led me to where I was going. So
0: I also like, in general, how I'm happy that this episode is early in the series, uh, in a way that it feels necessary if we're going to get into the nuance of like those kind of bad character actions i'm happy that it's happening early on where it would if because to me even in the world of avatar doesn't really make sense with katara's Mm -hmm. character but if there were to be some sort of narrative justification for it i'm happy that it's happening early where it makes sense for it to be more of an inept situation than a more like intentional nefarious or like negative Choice that feels just like that's not Katara. Like, no. Katara would never do that. It's like we're still kind of getting to know her in the series apart from like our own history with the series. So it's nice that it happens early. I was like, also, but Katara
1: she's... would totally over identify with some people. Yes. Exactly. It's exactly. Basically, yeah. what she goes around the whole world doing.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I mean, it's also like good to see that you like even she has flaws and some of those flaws mm-hmm. are rooted in her goodness you know yeah. and yeah. In her like her need to like help others which like yeah. her niceness yeah. yeah
0: there's like there's like the level of i think that's where i was going with the niceness thing mm-hmm. too just in terms of because niceness is so surface that oftentimes it's not intentional it just is mm-hmm. for the sake of like status quo that like you can get wrapped up, but I'm nice and I'm good. That's not the same thing. Yeah. Like just cause you're nice or you mean well, does not take away from action or like reaction to something or consequence of
1: something, mm-hmm. you know? So I feel like the only person like really worth and of note that really, for me, stole the entire episode, um, Haru's dad yeah. Um his performance was so awesome. Like he put so many layers into it. Even when he's like talking to someone who probably is annoying the shit out of him. He still like talked to Katara even um with with a certain like allowance. Like I feel like he understood most of all that like this is just some silly kid. Like, yes, she makes sense. But I'm not going to you know, make her feel bad. Mm-hmm. Um, but OK, so here's how here's why he steals the show. Um, when uh, the warden or whatever, he has them like lifted up on the coal, the warden vo- uh, voiced by George Takei and a Sulu really Lama. beautiful, wonderful yeah. um, performance. Um, He lifts him up, and he's like, I can't swim. And he says, like, with a straight face. I know he's a cartoon person, but still a straight face. Like, that's okay. I hear cowards float. Boosh. And I'm just like, ah, that is the (laughs) best line. That is so hard. I loved it. And so I'm just like, oh, just Haru's dad. Yes, ma'am.
0: What's it? his name is Tyro? Yeah. Yes, that's I, right.
2: Tyro? I was
1: like, I don't know. <laughs> okay.
2: He also like, I think it's Tyro. His introduction to meeting Katara is immediately. Okay. You're here. Welcome here. Have some food. And he gives her the food yeah. that he's eating. And then he like is figuring out the distribution of blankets and all of this to make sure that everybody yeah. is cared for. And when like Katara is like, Kind of like giving him like the third degree, just like, why don't you guys like do something? You guys can like rebel, right? Oh my God. Why are you doing
1: anything for your people? He's like,
2: we want to survive. <laughs> we're going to wait out this war. I want to see my family. Look, I admire your courage and envy your youth, but I'm not going to risk everybody's lives. Like, that's we're here to survive. We're not we're fucking survivors. crazy, lady. Yeah.
1: Um, and then when she does make the plan for the coal you know she makes it with Aang she doesn't make it with them Mm
2: -hmm. and they see it and they're like what is this But i do I was like
1: okay so she just dumped a bunch of coal in front of us
2: i do love um <laughs> part of me liked that it was the coal that they took though because like yeah so the reason that the fire nation is in their yeah. city is to mine the coal for their ships and then mm-hmm. they you know turn out the fire nation that. with that same export which i thought was really cool um, yeah, it's
1: very poetic.
2: Very poetic. Yeah. Um. I also really liked the um the parallels to the Fire Nation's uh prison industrial complex and America's prison industrial complex. Yeah. How they turn them into slave labor and have them manufacturing their weapons of war to continue their uh imperialist uh goals. Thought that was like, yeah, super intentional and um great. Awful. Hell yeah. But you know.
0: No, but just great that that's a conversation being breached here for, yeah. on a like on a kids show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> obviously. I I mean I know it's like more than that, obviously, but in its context of like being a Nickelodeon program aimed at like eight to sixteen year olds, yeah. largely, you're just like, oh,
1: okay, <laughs> like, yeah. Let's talk about it. <laughs> that is immoral.
2: On is um mm-hmm. that this is the episode where Katara loses her necklace where we yes. figure out what it is and then that's what she loses yeah. and i thought it was interesting with all of the context of what we've talked about of what this episode mm-hmm. is where she's kind of lost herself to somebody else's cause or like you know mm-hmm. um in doing that she's lost the most important part of herself yeah. um And who picks it up? It's Zuko. And Zuko Zuko, is effectively the only person that is able to later on give, like he gets, she gets the, uh, the necklace back from him. Right. But like, also Mm -hmm. he's the one to give her the resolution that she needs. Like, um, with like, you know, the death of her, the murder of her mother and everything, Mm -hmm. you know? So I thought that that was also some like real good, if she's going to lose herself and go on this, like, like, gross journey in this episode Mm -hmm. like I'm glad that she lost the thing that meant the most to her in yeah
1: I never thought of that as being like instant karma like you acted a damn fool you're lucky it ended up well taking your necklace um but I also really like that connection you just made because in a sense like that's a very intimate thing for your enemy at this point to have access to Mm -hmm. And you would be, like, mortified by it, um, but you're not totally. Yeah,
2: she's And like...
1: without ever knowing or without knowing yet uh, the fate of Zuko, it's very interesting that, like, he finds it, but... I don't know. I didn't feel like a very like deep, like ominous thing. Like what's he going to do with the necklace? Mm -hmm. But, um, I think the, the only thing that it sort of
0: represents, right. is mm -hmm. just like the, Oh, they were here. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That's the biggest thing was like, Oh, I'm close. Like I'll, yeah. Also just the fact that she, like you had brought up Jess, her losing such a seminal piece of her history in the episode where she does the most bad. Mm -hmm. Uh, is interesting do you think that that was like an intentional like oh well she's going to be problematic here i don't think that was intentional
2: um we've talked about this is white writers and all of that right so i think and this isn't really questioned on a big level like we we can infer all we want about like ang's action or inaction in this or you know and her losing the um her losing that necklace i think that just happened narratively so we can get to the next episode and that can be a beat Um, but, and then also to, you know, bring back the idea that like, Hey, Zuko's like right on your tail guys. Um, but me personally, I like that just because, um, because it shows that she just wasn't herself and that projecting your trauma onto other people and other situations really like it just, it eats into your soul. It eats into your purpose. It cheapens you and your, your, uh, your soul and your plight as like a person
1: yeah So, like yeah. you're not healing yourself at all you're mm-hmm. not doing anything good for yourself you're just being selfish
2: she's so lucky yeah. that nobody died like I, mean, okay. I cannot Truly. believe that nobody died
1: <laughs> I'm it's like in like... the R rated version that I want them to make
2: they do percent. Oh, <laughs> and, 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 the... and it
1: makes the
0: situation yeah. so much more complicated because it really like so just so lucky that nothing bad, like him, yeah, what like,
1: if instead of taking Haru to the jail, they killed him
2: mm-hmm.
0: straight up, yeah. what if that? What if in the rebellion, Tyro ended up dying?
2: Yeah, she gets there. Like, she makes this whole thing, and Tyro no. as the leader is like, no, what if? And then they kill his him? Mother till, like, has a stroke. all of the things <laughs> so
0: many. R- so many things could have gone wrong. It's such a, like a, like a, like a, what is the word, trepidation? No, like a, it's such a, a a fragile situation. Yeah. The fact that everything didn't fall apart around her and them.
1: Oh, I feel like it's <laughs> is just chalked up to this is a children's show after all. Exactly. <laughs> Even though this is a really irresponsible thing to be teaching children. Yeah. And I'll be damned if... <laughs> people who got this idea from this show ever come out at me this way yeah um you you bringing
0: that up just as a point of um i wonder how many like young white people it taught like yeah you should put your nose in other people's business because you know more than them Whoa.
1: yeah i just want to go around doing good and yeah. there's this, there are many more just like sociological theories about <laughs> why people would flock to that sort of thing and why um most of those people would be young white women um yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so i just yeah i don't think it was totally responsibly told mm-hmm. but you know like The message is here. The message is everywhere. (laughs) Yeah. Like Avatar isn't the only reason why people do that.
2: Right. Absolutely. But it just reinforces that idea at a young age. Right. And so this is. This is where having a more diverse writing room uh, could be beneficial, or, you know, only yeah. a director of color, or, you know, some having somebody else other than white men yeah. in the room for this. <laughs> and How-
1: or also could have been solved by making Katara and Sokka visibly people of color. Yeah.
2: yeah.
1: Like it doesn't solve all of the problems. But I think there is a layer of it that you made these characters so they could pass for white, Mm
2: -hmm, so
1: that white children can identify with them more. Um, It would have put it in a different context if they were more phenotypically like they're supposed to be based off of. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean that juxtaposed with the back end of production from like a largely all white cast and a white writing room like like it it does it just reeks of lack of perspective. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it reeks of privilege and that's like largely just the issue of mm-hmm. like ah, again, any any other way the context would have been way different, but this was just like the most egregious <laughs> way to kind of tell what they were trying to do with this Mm -hmm. in this way of like saving those in need but from a complete white perspective it is just savior complexes left and right yeah that's all it it is this
2: is why i am into the idea Mm -hmm. of remakes as long as it is um again a a different group telling the story that um Mm -hmm. is not just white men yeah and that gets and gets the premise of the show right like gets why this means something to people it just
0: i just i get so like i mean i don't know i we talk about this on nostalgia all the time i just get so like it's every time every time something feels like icky or off or egregious Mm -hmm. it's like well who wrote this it's gonna be some cis white dude without any real perspective on anything that he's trying to like extrapolate yeah. on or create a narrative based on like you know nothing about this that's why this feels wrong it is so inorganic it is so unnuanced and bad
1: <laughs> like yeah and this always, like, always always we were like fed it constantly everywhere yeah, that it literally like, oh, oh you my gosh that you only exist in the margins <laughs> that maybe they'll get to see your elbow in the corner in boy meets world, but you're yeah. not one, like you don't interact with the characters, nothing. Yeah. I, yeah, I hate it too. So much.
0: I mean, especially for uh, like Jess and I just as like white people mm. in terms of like most everything in as far as like westernized media of the last forever <laughs> has been created mm-hmm. for people who look like us. I mean, just I mostly
2: just... men. Like I go back and I watch and, a and, lot of movies and, and, and that, I'm like, yeah. there is one woman oh. in this or there is two women. Yeah. And that uh, every time they are forced into this nurturing role or they get like one eighth of the lines or they're just there and mm-hmm. they are constantly objectified. Right. But again, these yeah. are all yeah. white people that are in this space and allowed to be there.
1: It just, it just makes me think of this part of like the diversity conversation um, <laughs> that people <laughs> <laughs> um, that people always neglect is that those lack of perspectives and lack of like just looking at other people that is a detriment to all children you know yeah like especially to like the black and brown children that don't get to see themselves at all but it's also a detriment to white people because I know I can always tell when I'm meeting and interacting with a white person who only has like popular media imaginations about who I am and if I like step outside of that they're like taken aback (laughs) and they're like huh and like there's there's various other reactions but it's like and i'm like see i really wish your parents like had black friends i really wish they exposed you to people because like this is not it and you're gonna be confused and just think i'm mean when really it's just like, no, you you literally don't see me. So why do I why would I wanna stop and talk with you? Yeah. I wanna teach you that I'm a human being.
0: Yeah. I mean, it really that lack of perspective does just I mean, at its core perpetuates white supremacy, yeah. but like outside of that, it doesn't give children who don't have these prejudices, who don't have these sort of like learned behaviors, it teaches them nothing. It actively like retracts them from growing organically and like building community Mm -hmm. and building connection because of these completely outdated perspectives Mm -hmm. and these completely like just devastating rules that like white supremacy just maintains and upholds and teaches every generation. And a big way that that happens is
2: through nostalgia. Right. And I think that's why it's so important to go back. Like everybody's going to show their kids (laughs) Star Wars. They're going to show their kids Mel Brooks films. They're going to show their kids like all of this stuff, but like only to uphold that. I, their, their values and their ideas of like white supremacy and all of that. So um, nostalgia is not good (laughs) in a lot of the time.
1: You got to embrace the people in front of you, too, and know that all of those images were constructed that way. And
2: not to this part might not make it on the pod, but um, I'm not sure if you're are you watching Why the Last Man, Amber?
1: No. So it's based on a comic,
2: um, which was written by a man, which is interesting, but it's... um, where all of the men suddenly all die simultaneously. Or not all of the men. I will say everybody that has a Y chromosome and every mm. thing that has a Y chromosome. So every animal, mm-hmm. everything just fucking dies. Um, like at the same time. Horribly, mm. awfully. Awfully. Um, so like planes fall out of the sky there's only like it's supposed to highlight that you know uh, 98% of pilots are men and this percentage mm-hmm. of government workers are are men right and that's like very mm-hmm. prevalent on the back of the comic it's like it's the here are mm-hmm. some statistics this should make you think but even in mm-hmm. that show which is um, all all written by women scored by women directed by women and all women cast women um, like cool. literally women doing everything. 90% of the characters that we are focusing on are all white or white presenting. And like, which that's in with the comic. And like, sh- people will be like, white people would be like, oh, well, Agent 355 is black and she gets with the main character and that's cool and stuff like that. And it's like, great. But you still have like all of these white women that you're focusing on and their dynamics and like yeah. their richness in this and like their. Like, even they're showing uh, trans trans characters and stuff, trans men, and, like, Mm -hmm. and I'm stoked on that because that wasn't addressed in the comic, but, like, Mm -hmm. they're also, like, it's all, it's mostly white people, and I'm, like, this is not what, especially fucking New York, where a big part of the first few episodes takes place, this is not, like...
1: Yeah, like how are we still making that mistake? Still, even with like it's
2: being celebrated for being all women all women crew, all women this, all women this. And it's just like great, but you're still telling the stories of rich white women.
1: Like Yeah. Yeah. Like And then like they would turn around and be like, You would criticize us? But we're. I mean, it's all women. It is and very I'm like, good. Yeah.
2: It's very good, and it's really good yeah. at like talking about the things that it's talking about, and like internalized misogyny is fucking mm-hmm. incredible. How they're getting into that, and how yeah, like the world that men created, we were all like, it has some incredible things to say. But I'm really pissed that it's like it's just white yeah. men. It's
1: it has some incredible things to say, but I think what many white women and white feminists miss. Is that all of that is connected to race and it's all it's connected to class and all of these people that they're leaving out yeah and so like you can say that awesome thing i want to hear it i want to consume this media but i actually feel like it's a particular level of violence when I'm watching some sort of post-apocalyptic world that doesn't have anybody like me in it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I feel like you're saying all of us die when you don't even know about our survival skills, you yeah. know, or they're all just like, background
2: characters or that you like, yeah. and like to, you know, and like, for instance, in the cabinet, like, there's, you know, a black woman and a Muslim woman and they agree with the white woman who is the leader in charge. Right. And they're there to like kind of like, you know, say like humanity, like, you know, we are here for mm-hmm. this. And I'm like, OK, but like and then the the black yeah. woman, the, the the main black woman, she is like this secret mm. agent that like uh, is now working for um, for the mom who is mm. the, the president in chief or whatever at this point. But she is, like, literally just... She makes herself a tool to be used by the white woman in power.
1: I just... Yeah, and to I... protect the only it man left. also goes left. towards... There's this whole, like, competing, like, historical knowledge thing. Because, like, in, like, white supremacy, individualism is really, really valued and so it's like because of that people think like these little like token characters like that's representation mm-hmm. when it's also been a tactic of white supremacy to separate people of color from their communities right. When and, and there's a reason why so many of our cultures like anciently going back when you look at African ontology, it's all about the community. It's all about what is good for everyone. And like, if that is like the basis of your culture Mm -hmm. and, but in this media, like, okay, we'll tolerate you, but only in individual little pieces. It's like, again, it's, it's violent. Mm -hmm. Like, Yeah. Like we well, even exist, you were- and we exist in communities, and we Absolutely. exist in clusters, and there's never only like one of us somewhere.
2: Absolutely,
0: and that's one of also the insidious tactics of like capitalism tied yes. to that, because capitalism thrives on the individual. Yes, and so that's why that, and like you were saying, it all it all is connected. This idea of isolating one thing eradicates the concept of like intersectionality in yeah. this way, where it's like it's just this, none of this other stuff. Yeah. but that thing is It'd being be held too by complicated everything. Complicated.
1: If we looked at like women and black women, yes, <laughs> like, they are right? more willing like...
2: to include uh, trans men than they are to include women of color. And, that, and I mean, and, like, and that's I mean, sorry, one of white the white thing- trans men, yeah,
1: yeah. And it's just so disappointing to hear that, like, new media is still being made this way. Because, again, I'm all down for feminism. Feminism all day. I was, like, feminism from, like, the cradle. Um, But you miss a whole huge part of it when you only talk about white women Mm -hmm. who are in a certain social and wealth bracket
0: Mm -hmm. yeah because even literally even within that the conversation of class and the conversation of poverty that is tangible within that no matter no no it's just it is all so interconnected mm -hmm. and by ignoring or diminishing any one of those perspectives Mm -hmm. it is like it is just like you said a tactic of white supremacy of upholding the sort of individual perspective and
1: not recognizing the whole it's not healthy feminism Mm -mm. you know it's just not true feminism like hard down
2: yeah like feminism is really about that's what i'm
1: always fighting against
2: yeah absolutely
1: I love this.
2: I mean, whether you we keep it
1: in or not, like maybe it could be like a bonus episode. I honestly,
0: because of where it sort of stemmed from, mm. I'll probably pull apart some of the stuff.
1: Mm. Or if but, you guys want to use it for like nostalgia or something, because there was some real good stuff about nostalgia.
0: I, I mean... Amber, truly, a lot of this stuff is perfect. I mean, for this episode <laughs> specifically, yeah. like, look at what we're discussing, yeah. that, that perspective. And then, I mean, just tying it into media in general, like, for something that we hold so dear, for something that we, like, identify with and yeah. really cherish, there is still an understanding of perspective that it is coming from predominantly white voices. Yeah. And within that, a character like Katara, who we love mm. and is so good, like, it, because of that whiteness there is still the capability for like inept violence yeah. or violence at the behest accidental of like accidental violence accidental violence that is yeah. still
1: fucking violence that is still violence yeah 100%, yeah <laughs> and so like i guess in closing i just want to say like kill the culture of celebrity
0: um. <laughs> so that's oh my god! I feel like this is opening up a whole nother door. But
1: yes, one hundred percent. Before we I knew go, I I would
0: <laughs> because because there is that like you were saying, Jess, about like standum and like the idea of just like the 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 deifying sort of regular people is so wild because it really does categorize things back into the binary of good and bad when those two things are so objectively false and untrue to the human experience like it has everything to do with context and nuance and realistic perspective and also understanding that people's understanding individually of certain things is varying constantly and changes with time like there is no good like that, and that's also a bigger question of, like, goodness and badness and, like, the nuance of historical perspective, too. Like, yeah. oh, my God. Yes. Saying <laughs> there is so much intersectional nuance when it comes to that, that the binary of good and bad in any sort of category, especially with celebrity, toxic and bad yes. and incorrect.
2: And then oh, we could even um, take that a step oh further God. and go into, like, people standing companies and, like, you know, oh just, God. like, for oh literally no reason when they actually do yeah anyways but like... like
1: they gave two pennies to this charity i like i'm gonna yeah. spend two thousand dollars <laughs>
0: oh my god it's too much it it's is so wild what a ah and you know what it goes back oh
1: my god just be critical of it goes back everything. to stories be like i, it I think back... it all goes back to the avatar universe honestly yeah um so much of it is a meditation on no one is 100% good or 100% bad. Uh, Ira was a war criminal.
2: Yep.
0: <laughs> um, almost name of our podcast. <laughs> yes, Ira <laughs> was a war criminal. I think we should
1: bring it up every once in a while. We really I should. By the way,
2: we brought it up like three Ira times. Ira was?
1: <laughs> I think so. Yeah. War criminal. Um, it's honestly, it's a
0: nice reminder. Just, it's a nice yeah. little reminder.
1: And like, you could probably cut this part out because I plan on saying it again. Oh, um, (laughs) on the subject of not not worshiping people and making them more than they are and Iroh being a war criminal in itself, I feel like in his story, he's also saying like, see, I haven't forgotten I'm a war criminal. I should not be Fire Lord. I was trying to be Fire Lord and then I literally killed a bunch of people um, and why he purposefully puts himself back. And so anyway, if you wanted any um, nice to go thoughts on Iroh being a war criminal, at least he gets it. He gets yes. it. And that's <laughs> something
0: I cannot wait to like, get into because it is, know. it's a recognition of wrongdoing But an understanding of present and how to move forward, not forgetting or being forgiven for, but to just exist and understand that like that is a part of your history. That is just what you've done and what you do. That doesn't mean you have to continue to do it, but it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. Oh I like I love it so much. It's so and that's why IRO is so interesting. (laughs) It really is. Oh. Uh. Well, look at us just absolutely going for it. Uh, that well, was episode six of The Momos and the Appas. And thank you so much for joining us.
1: Uh, music and editing by Eric Lefebvre.
2: Artwork by David Tercero.
0: Please, please, please do not forget to rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. And goodbye. And Goodbye. goodbye. Good night. Good luck. Goodbye, good week to you all, Uh and uh, to all a good night.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Okay. (laughs) Thanks for listening. (laughs) Bye. I'm going to stop recording.
0: (laughs) This podcast has been brought to you by the Nostalgia Network.
2: Visit the for more.